0: Hey guys, welcome to the Yoshimura Midweek Podcast. I'm Don Maeda. I'm here with Rene Garcia, who's a, uh, well, he's been our test rider since the beginning, also dating back to the trans world days. Uh, Today's podcast is a little different because uh, we're going to talk about Rene's experience at the Motocross of Nations. He has a unique angle because he actually traveled to France as uh, Joshua Vries' mechanic for Team Guam which is uh you know u.s territory but uh it's kind of funny renee because we've been friends for a long time i've known i've known you i've known of you since you were on mini bikes right and uh last year two years ago we went to spain for the stark uh for the stark uh test and i remember you were like dude this is my first time out of the country everything except like going to mexico and for me it was super cool to uh to watch you experience your first international trip and obviously you know i had a blast right because we have a good time together uh and then we sent you to uh italy for the gas gas launch earlier this year and then lo and behold you're off to france as a mechanic of all things right so uh i guess dude tell me a little bit like how it all happened i mean i know joshua's your longtime buddy as well but how did you come up on this opportunity
1: yeah, so, yeah, man, I've been, been a, become a little bit of a world traveler, I guess you can say now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, me and Josh grew up racing and riding each other a long time. He's, you know, arguably, like, my best friend, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this opportunity came up with him. You know, he he got to race for Team Guam last year at Redbud Bud and mm-hmm. had a blast. He's like, dude, that you know, such a unique opportunity, such a unique race. And um, um, Pete Lapanovich, Sean Lapanovich's dad, approached mm-hmm. him again. And he's like, dude, we're gonna do this thing. We're gonna to go to France. You know, would you like to go? Um, and he's like, heck yeah, you know, let's do it. So uh, there there's some things that happened on on his end with you know, bikes and, and team set situation. And me and him are kind of joking. He's like, dude, you should come. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, I think about it, I think about it. And he's like, Well, if you be my mechanic, you know, I'll buy your ticket and just come. <laughs> and I was like, All right, are you serious? And he's like, Yeah, you know, I was just joking, and he's like, All right, cool. Text me like a week before, and he's like, All right, you know, send me your passport. And I was like, Wait, you're serious, huh? And he's like, Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, you know, it's cool for me. Like, I've had opportunity to travel a few times outside the country, thanks mm-hmm. to you and Swap Mode Alive, of course. Um, so I got to be like, He's like, Dude, you know, I've already been out of the country. You know, you can help me out. You know, I'm going out there without any friends or family. So, you know, I could use the help. And yeah, man, it was a blast.
0: So were you like, uh, Oh, man, watching YouTube videos on how to work on bikes. (laughs) I mean, I know you've worked on your bike through the years and stuff, but we were talking about before the trip and you're like, well, they're not sending a whole motor where they're sending with the ECU and a pipe or something. So like, you knew that was minimal bike work in preparation. Right. But then you still have to help them set it up all that. But like, how stressful was that?
1: It was a little bit, a little bit stressful, especially because like, so obviously, like you said, I did all my bike work when I was racing, Yeah. Um, but I didn't, I haven't raced since like the last KTM chassis. So I knew that I was going to run into some hiccups, especially because like we had a swap over suspension and a couple parts like you mentioned. But I mean, overall, I, I think I have a pretty, pretty good common sense and mechanical ability to like figure things out. Even though I haven't necessarily done everything, I was like relying on that kind of common sense to, to get me by. But, uh, I mean, it's pretty easy. Like I said, I've known Josh a long time, and me and him are, are very similar in how we like things, so it really wasn't too mm-hmm. too uh, big of an adjustment.
0: So uh, I don't think you took a bike, right? The bike was provided. Who did yeah. the, the bike come from?
1: Yeah, so um, thankfully with us, Team Guam, we had a couple guys helping us out. Um, a couple big people were, were Doug Dubach. Mm. Um, obviously, dude has so much knowledge racing overseas and just racing in general, yeah, so he helped yeah. us out. Um, and then uh, we had a family... Um, Stephen Clark, he used to race here, or he raced here in the States a few times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he helped us get in touch with a, 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 a team in, uh, in England of a racer. And they said, yeah, you know, we'll let you guys borrow a bike. And uh, so on our end, we brought, you know, suspension, bars, exhaust, a couple of different parts. We really didn't know what we were showing up to. And, mm-hmm. you know, initially we thought it was a stock bike. Then we kind of heard, oh, it might be a mod. Yeah. So we were kind of like, uh, and even Josh is like a little skeptical. He's like, dude, who built the motor? Who, you know? So it was really kind of just like a roll of the dice. Like, all right, we're going to show up and whatever yeah, happens, yeah. we'll just try to adjust.
0: So when you get there, how was the bike? Was it some hoopty or was it good?
1: So we got there and obviously had like, you know, euros have like these crazy exhausts and all this stuff. Uh-huh. So, uh, they have their suspension on there and it, it was pretty decent, you know, had like some nice parts on there. Um, and so our biggest thing was like, you know what, let's get the, the big things, right? The suspension, the grips and things like that, that are going to make him feel comfortable yeah. like it's his bike from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got to ride actually a day before, which is huge. Cause it showed us like, all right, well, this is what the bike, it works good or it doesn't. Um, a big thing was sound. Obviously we brought an exhaust and ECU, but yeah, yeah. we didn't really know how sound that
0: restrictions was... are much stricter there.
1: Yeah. So we didn't know how that was going to play out. So we rode the bike with just his suspension and his bars and stuff. And he's like, okay, it's good. Let's try putting on some of our parts. Um, So we ended up putting on his exhaust, and Mm -hmm. the thing actually woke up. He's like, the bike was good before, but it it started, like, barking. Oh, really? Yeah, so threw on his FMF exhaust, and it it ran good. Um, We didn't put the ECU, obviously, because once we kind of reached back to the guys out here in the state, they're like, you know, we don't know what that engine has. Just run that ECU if the exhaust runs. Good, just run that. And so that's what we ended up doing. So it's pretty much this this kid's bike from from England— with his suspension, his his personal controls, and then the exhaust. Analysis. Did you take
0: stuff like? Did you take clutch plates in place they were fried or something? Or
1: yeah, so they got a they got a, a couple extra parts here and there, but I mean, dude, it was pretty minimal. Like maybe yeah. a chain, some sprockets. Um, we did get have a clutch, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete Lapanovich was able to provide that for Josh, um, and then a couple other parts. Uh, how, how many hours were on the bike you got? They said um, he had raced it a week before it, and like the the British GP series uh-huh. and it was his, that, that kid's B bike. Okay. And so they said it's pretty much, it's fresh from there. And they said we should be able to get through the weekend without having, Oh any nice. so everything worked out. Okay. Yeah. They said initially the bike should have like 18 hours. So it wasn't, it was yeah, pretty fresh. Not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, you got to France a couple
0: of days before the practice day or, or like, what was the, what was the routine for you guys? I saw like you guys running yeah. Yeah, he's training and trying to get used to the jet lag and all yeah. that. But uh, did you guys do anything fun when you first got there?
1: Um, so when we got there, not really. Um, I was just kind of figuring everything out. Obviously, uh, we landed in Paris, and, you know, the track Ernie is a few hours from there. So um, we got to the Airbnb, just kind of got settled in. You know, we're staying in this house that was uh, – the Airbnb we're staying at. The house was built in, like, 1801. Oh, wow. So everything was, like, super ancient, but it was kind of rad, you uh-huh, know? uh-huh. Um, super cool. So uh, I think we got there Tuesday night, and I uh, just told Josh, you know, uh, we're gonna wake up Wednesday. Let's let's go get the blood flowing a little bit. Um, as far as now our plan is, I'm gonna help Josh out with like the fitness side of things this next year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was like, look, let's go get the blood flowing. We ran a few miles. We ran like four miles, and then came back. We did some workouts, and then uh, kind of went and checked out that little town. You know, all the towns are the same. They're like literally like a th- a two mile circumference. Yeah, They all have a church and like a strip mall of a few different cafes. And then you run into the next town. It looks exactly the same. Like yeah. did a little yeah. bit of the delivery
0: sightseeing. Uh, did you get to go to Paris at all? Because I mean, I know the Ernais is like three hours out, right? And it's kind of a countryside.
1: Yeah. So we didn't get to spend too much time in Paris. Uh, majority was, was spent in that little town outside of yeah. Um But we got to stay there like an extra night um, right before we left in cool. Paris.
0: Okay. But, yeah. Um, so you guys went to this practice track. Was it, uh, you know, we're from Southern California with these, like, watered and prepped tracks, but I think I think it's not like that in Europe, right? No,
1: no. I think that's one thing I really noticed is, like, the difference between here and Europe is, like, our accessibility to, like, the equipment, the technology, the water trucks and that kind of stuff. They don't have that. They got, like, a John Deere tractor with a little thing they pull behind it, uh-huh. and then they set up sprinklers. So, I mean, obviously... Um, So it wasn't some pirate
0: track in the hills, it was
1: prepped. No, it was, they prepped out some sections and actually like the track was actually perfect for what the guys needed. Like it was very similar to Erne, we had hills, um, slick hard pack, um, not, nothing too crazy as far as obstacles, but it was a a really good like replication of what they were going to see on, on the weekend.
0: Uh Okay. So, uh, it was a practice day alongside the other team Guam riders, uh. Grant Harlan and Sean Lapanovich.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we waited. Um, I think all of us got our bikes kind of on the same day, but you know they came at different times. So so Sean got his bike shipped from the states, mm-hmm. and so he got that like for like closer earlier in the morning, and then uh, they were building that all day because like they took it apart in boxes, ah, yeah. shipped it over here. Grant um, got a bike thanks to Doug um, from one of the Yamaha teams in I think Factory Yamaha in Europe. Okay. And so it was a stock 450F. So they, they had to do something similar to what we did, like suspension and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we got our bike later on. And um, everyone kind of was like, their build day was like was Wednesday. And then okay. our practice day was Thursday.
0: What was uh, Doug Dubox' role in the team?
1: Yeah, so Doug kind of took the team manager role. Okay. Um, and so kind of just giving us guidance. You know, he he has a lot of experience racing. I mean, he, the dude's a legend, you know. Yeah. So yeah. he was kind of just like that mentor for our guys and just... Just being there wherever he needed to to fit in.
0: Yeah, he's he's raced all around the world. And he's the first guy I've ever seen with a Red Bull helmet. Like way back in the day. I remember he did some supercross I think Switzerland or something, but he came home and he was racing REM at Glen Helen with this Red Bull helmet. I'm like, what is that funny looking helmet? Because it wasn't as bright as the new paint jobs. But he's like,
1: Oh, it's just it's this energy drink over there. Like, What's an energy drink? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, wow. that was my first time kind of, like, meeting Doug and, and talking to him. Oh, and he's awesome, Dude, he's isn't he? so cool, dude. Like, I mean, after, like, the first couple of days, I was almost like, he's like, hey, Renee," like, we're talking it up and stuff. And I was like, dude, he's, like, he's just so cool. And like you said, so full of, like, stories and, and knowledge of racing dirt bikes. I mean, and he's a bad dude still to this day. He probably beat most, like, intermediate guys still. Yeah, you right? Gnarly. Yeah. Really.
0: So uh, was there a, a team strategy or anything with the three guys? Or was there any meetings of... You know, like Doug coaching him through things. Okay, this is how it works and stuff. But
1: Yeah, so um, I think the Doug's biggest role was helping us get the bike set up. Obviously, in the States, our setups are a lot lot stiffer. So that's kind of yeah. what I was doing with Josh. Just like, all right, dude, obviously we know we got to soften this thing up. It's going to be way too stiff for what we're looking for. So Doug kind of helped us in guiding us on where to go and which way to go with the bike. Um, thankfully, you know, Josh's bike was pretty close. And I think the other guys, Grant and, and mm-hmm. um, Sean's, they were also pretty close. So
0: tell me that. He had soften up his stuff he brought from the U.S.? Yeah. Like, how many clickers are we talking about?
1: I think, like, when we are just testing it, we went, like, up to, like, 12, like, on the shock. 12 softer. Yeah, and wow. then just to try to, like, all right, is it, like, we'd go a little bit at a time, like, two clicks, two clicks, like, better, better, better. And he's, like all right, well, we're going to just keep going until it gets worse. And yeah. so we went down to 12 and he's like, okay, well I'm kind of bottoming out here. Let's, let's start at six out from where we originally were uh-huh. and then take that to Erne and, and say, all right, well, we know how far we can go. If we have to, let's just start here. Cause we know it works.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you get to the track. The track was gnarly, right? Yeah. Like crazy, like off cameras, super hard packed, mm-hmm. uh, What was your reaction and what was Josh's reaction when you guys, did you walk the whole track?
1: Yeah, so we got there Friday (laughs) for tech. We had to get our bikes teched and stuff. So um, once we kind of got everything situated, we got our rig, got the track and everything. We're like, okay, let's go check it out. And I mean, obviously we've watched videos uh, leading up to the race. Everyone was posting those like, was it 05 when Stu was there? And so you look at it and like, you know, obviously videos never do it justice. The, Mm -hmm. The hills were way steeper um the track looked a lot more like slick had a lot of narrow sections and uh i mean but i mean overall i think it was it was pretty i wasn't like like super surprised by anything i mean it was mm-hmm. it was definitely different than what we looked at on video but we kind of just went in with the open mindset thinking like this is not going to really be like anything that we see in the states you got to just take it for what it is and just try to adapt
0: yeah okay so lapanovich he's he's quamanian right yes yeah um so he's done designations before so has josh was this grant's first
1: i believe this was grant's first designations yeah okay
0: um so uh how did the day play out the qualifying how did you guys end up in the b final
1: yeah so um pretty up and down pretty like a lot of downs actually um so the first day um obviously we go out there open practice everyone's looking good i think both grant and josh were uh all three guys actually ended up in like under uh Under uh, like top 20, sub top 20. So Mm -hmm. pretty good. I mean, for us, like we know we're not going to be there to win. So we're just trying to get into the show. Yeah. And so they had um, the first open qualifying practices for each team and then the qualifying races. And so Grant was first. So we're up there. We're kind of watching me and Josh are staging. He gets off to a pretty good start. And then we don't see him come around. We're like, oh, what the heck happened? Um, Turns out he had a huge crash. So there's like four guys. Um, that kind of got squarely in front of him. One guy, I think from Canada, uh, he ended up having like ditched the bike, and it was laying on the landing. And Grant had nowhere to go. He came, landed on the bike, and like on the first lap. On the first lap, oh. and he gets like thrown like sixty feet past the landing, straight yeah. to his back. And so we're like scrambling, like we don't know, like and no one speaks really like English as far as, like the track workers, and we're trying to just figure out, make sure he's all right, you know. Um, and then I was like, all right, Josh, like let's just, you know. We'll we'll see what happens. Obviously, everyone's kind of worried and like freaked out. Like, dude, it's mm-hmm. it's hard to be in a different country and be hurt. So I'm kind of like just doing my best to like talk to him. I'm like, All right, dude, let's focus on your race. Let's let's get you out there and do what you need to do. And so Josh ended up going out there. I think he finished around uh, 16th, 15th, mm-hmm. and then um, Sean went out in his and got 19th. So. Uh, pretty much how it dude, works. Dude, that's
0: crazy. LePaner got nineteenth in the uh, MX3 yeah. qualifier. Yeah. I mean, like he's like a local pro right now. like yeah. not even does doesn't really do nationals and stuff. That's, yeah. I mean, obviously he's great great rider, but yeah. that's awesome.
1: Man. Yeah. No, it was solid. We were we were pretty pumped. I mean, um, once we found out that like initially when Grant hurt, we thought the worst. Like he said back, we're like, dude, like can you move his legs? Is he good? Yeah. All right, that's fine. Like he can. So then it was like everything was like kind of like everyone was bummed. You know, like it was a big shot to the team. And then after Sean went out there and got another top twenty, he was like, "All right, dude, like, you know, let's keep these this momentum going." So mm-hmm. finishing, I think the team got twenty fourth overall with just Josh and Sean's results. Yeah, and so that put us into straight into the B final, and where they only take one. The rest of the teams that didn't make the B final went into the C final to try to get into that B final, which uh-huh. would, which would be on C final.
0: I don't know such a thing. Yeah, okay. yeah.
1: So our guys had a go race um, all together on the, the next day to try to get into that main event later yeah. on that afternoon. So
0: when did you find out the extent of uh Harlan's injuries? Like, I heard I heard he was like walking around and then he was like, Oh, I don't feel too good. No, no, oh, no. He, yeah. he got taken? Yeah, he got okay. taken.
1: So they carted him off and then he went he had to go straight to the hospital. I think they x-rayed okay. him at the track. Okay. And uh thankfully our AMA guys they had a um um One of the doctors, that's that's no I forgot his name around here. Yeah. But he was able to help like everyone translate, get everything situated, and they took Mm -hmm. him to the hospital. So So it's
0: pelvis, right? Yeah, Yeah,
1: pelvis. pelvis. Yeah, we didn't find out till later that on that night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And is he still there right now? I believe so. Yeah, that's gnarly dude. Yeah. That's like, you know, when you know I go on test bike intros and stuff, you know, like I'm always spazzed out about riding out of state.
1: Yeah.
0: Like I don't want to be in a hospital in Indiana. Yeah. If I get hurt, you know, like I can't even imagine the feeling. Being a whole different country with a language barrier.
1: Yeah, so I think for him, like, the biggest thing that holding them up right now is just trying to... He has to be, like, ambulance to the, the airport, and then he has to have, like, a... a, a fly on a stretcher, right? That's what I yeah, heard. Yeah, well, I heard that they're going to put him um, first class, and just he has to lay down. Like, he, he has, like, a fracture to the hip and, then like, the break of the pelvis, like mm-hmm. a part floating... And so he can't, like, sit. He has to be, like, laid down. So that's, like, the whole holdup. We're waiting for the insurance to pay for. Obviously, it's not going to be cheap, you know? Yeah. But FIM is supposed to cover all that. So that's what's the holdup, really. Yeah. Okay. uh,
0: So then race day, you're going into the b main. There's really no way for you guys to win with two riders, right?
1: Or is there a throwout score? So for the qualifiers, unless you make it straight into that A-final, or you make it into the main, um, you have to have at least – uh, three guys attempt to start, so the three guys have to at least make that start for yeah. that B final.
0: So you couldn't gear up? Nah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, we like, there was definitely like Josh kind of joked about it, like dude, like you know I got an extra helmet, I got extra knee braces, and I was like, nah, like I was like, I haven't even rode, and and you know on top of that, you know like it's just like when the bike was mangled, like like Grant's yeah, bike yeah. was pretty pretty mangled after that gnarly crash. Yeah. So how did uh, how did they do on the B? So yeah, um, uh, they both kind of got off to decent starts. And, you know, first lap, uh, obviously in Erne, they have those sections that kind of run along that side that hit the mountain. Mm-hmm. And there's no, like, going off the track. Like, like there's literally, like, post, metal post and fence, chain link, that, that border the track. So it's literally, like, the track, fence. Yeah. Sean had an incident where he, bit, he was, like, kind of bumping around with other riders and shot off the track and just slammed oh, into a no. pole. And he said his knee just instantly popped. Oh shit. And so he's like I had to like kind of find a place to roll off and like I sat there and he's like dude like I started seeing stars. There's so much pain in my knee right away. He's like I knew I was screwed.
0: Did he blow his ACL or something?
1: They they're waiting to get results on that today. Oh man, what so, a trip
0: for the guys, huh?
1: Yeah, rough rough go and so Josh ended up he ended up getting like a start around 17th and he worked his way up to like sixth oh wow yeah so he did really good and I, th- I think over we ended up watching the race later on they were calling him lone ranger the last guy from guam standing <laughs> you know our other guys had a had a horrible like rough rough go the first races you know so yeah um i think after that race they ended up penalizing some guys for uh penalties on on the yellow flag that whole mm-hmm. their whole rule system over there was way different you know but uh yeah, I think Josh ended up fourth overall in that race. Oh so, wow! Yeah, all it said just with Josh's results, the whole, the whole team I think we ended up twenty third or twenty fourth. Yeah, with just one guy, you know. Yeah, not
0: too bad. Yeah, that's good, cool. But so he he had a good time, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, yeah, he had fun. I mean, it was it was hard, you know. Obviously, like our guys got hurt like every race, so it was like kind of a big bummer. But even going into the last one, we're like, screw it, dude, we're here, and you know, our team we're not we're not expected to win. We're just here to just experience it and and do our best and just race motorcycles. So. Overall, I mean, um, you know, it it was fun and and just a crazy, crazy experience. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: Anytime you're in another country at a motocross race, like, like for me, especially when I go to the Japan Nationals and I'm walking around, I love walking around, like, outside the factory pits, just looking at bikes and stuff. Like, some crazy, like, graphics and crazy, like, parts you see, right? Yeah. Like, was there any team out there, like, from a country that was, like, you know, maybe not well-funded where you're just like, dude, look at those bikes. Or-
1: yeah. I was talking about it. I mean, obviously I think here in the States, like we have like, a, the biggest thing I noticed was like, oh, like there's like 30 different exhaust companies out there. Like, or maybe even more, you yeah, know? Yeah. And like, dude, they come up with like these weird, like designs, like they're like angle different. Like, you know, like it's just like very odd. And I'm like, man, that thing does not look like it makes horsepower, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking, but yeah. And then I think the thing that, that really like Stood out to me the most was walking to the pits. Was their pits like they have mobile homes as their trailers? Like mm-hmm. Honda is a glass building, yeah. And there's like just like it looks like a garage in there. There's a table and a, and a mat for the bike, and it's glass. You can see through it, and the thing has pop outs It goes up out sideways. Like it's crazy. I'm like, it's just different, you know? Yeah, it's different from your typical semi. I thought it was pretty unique, and they have like like automatic sliding glass door so when the mechanics walk up they just open and then roll the bike out Mm -hmm. it was pretty cool to see that
0: nice did you uh did you see any of the c final or like see any of the c practices or like what was like the worst team (sighs) like i know at the destinations there's like teams that like couldn't win the novice class at our local race yeah
1: I, i don't know there's so many countries like honestly like my geography is not that great. Cause some of these countries, like I'm like, I don't even I know where that is. I can not <laughs> tell you what, that was the funniest question we got. Cause everyone's like, everyone was thinking we we're Guatemala or something like that first. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was like, no, we're team Guam. They're like, where is that? And like, I try to tell them where Guam is like below Japan in between Hawaii and the Philippines. Uh-huh. And they're like, they just laugh. They're like, what the heck? They think it's like a made up country or something. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. but Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some guys out there that I was like, dude, these guys like, our vet guys and they, they have like probably one track at their country that they ride mm-hmm. and they're over here like riding the same track as like jet Lawrence or Roman Fever. Like these guys are blown by. them like at a million miles an hour. It's pretty crazy. Yeah.
0: So being there, uh,
1: I mean, motocross the
0: nations is an insane event. I've been to many myself and just the crowd and the, the, the enthusiasm from the fans and the chainsaws and the smoke bombs
1: and everything. Were you kind of blown away? Oh, dude. Absolutely. And I mean, me, of course, like obviously I've raced before, but you know, through and through I'm a motocross fan and obviously a motocross of nations has been on the bucket list for a long time. And let me tell you, it did not disappoint. Not one bit. There's that whole grass mountain, right? On the side of the track. Yeah. And yeah. fans. Yeah. Like I, I've seen a million pictures of it already, but like when we showed up for Friday, when we had like the whole the guys get to jump on the truck and they ride around, that was it was pretty packed there, and I even posted some pictures. But I mean, the the grass field wasn't full. Then come race day, like the first day, you could not see one speck of grass, and there was people <laughs> all over. I was like, "What the heck?" Yeah. And so after Friday, I, I stayed the night at the track with with some friends with Steve and them, mm-hmm. and. Dude, those chainsaws do not shut off 24 <laughs> hours a day. I heard them at night at like 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5. Then we went out. We were the first group, one of the first groups to go out again on Sunday. And, dude, they were there at 6 a.m., 6 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock. Chainsaws were already ripping. Yeah. I'm
0: like, dude, what the heck? And, and like, the air horns, too. And yeah. The crazy uh, contraptions they have for air horns. Not the little canned, yeah. you know, disposables. They had like, like, Anton said there was guys with like, uh, oxygen tanks on their back, yeah. compressed air. They
1: have like those, like those chemical sprayers, and they put an air horn at the yeah. end of it. And so they're pumping them up. And then, dude, as soon as the French guys come around, dude, they're beep 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 beep. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's nuts. But dude, like that's not even like the craziest part. Like at night, that place turns into like Mad Max. <laughs> like I heard stories that they stole one of the excavators and just started digging pits in the in the in the in the, in the camping area. Really? Yeah. Like the army had to come and like take the guys out and like. <laughs> Dude, they were revving like 110s and Zoomas till they caught fire. And like yeah. the fire department had to come like five different times.
0: Oh my God.
1: And then uh, one of our guys, he was riding his Zoom around at night just trying to check everything out. And then he ran into like a mosh pit. And like he's like, dude, they almost choked me out trying to take my scooter. Like, no way. Yeah, they wanted me to rev it up. He's like, dude, what do you want me to do with the scooter? Like, yeah, yeah. Gnarly. He's like, yeah, I'm not going out again. He looked traumatized. I was like, I don't blame you, dude. Yeah. Okay, so for
0: sure this was your wildest
1: European trip so far. Oh, uh, yeah. It was pretty wild. I mean, um, Motocross the Nations does not disappoint. I think, like, overall, like, it was just so rad to see, like, so many people come together to watch a dirt bike race. Yeah. And, like, to see everyone so, like, just, like, like gun ho for their team and their yeah, country. Patriotic, like, right? Yeah. It's yeah. pretty, pretty rad to see. And, like, everyone was just, like, all right, dude, like, you know, like, we we got kids from you know whatever country just be like oh, team Guam every time they saw me walk around they'd yeah. be like Guam 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 <laughs> it was pretty funny but yeah dude it was, it was rad I, I I had a blast
0: okay after uh the B final was over were you straight to tearing bikes apart or did you get to watch the racing
1: yeah so I got to watch like the first two races um, but they, they that was some of our guys told us like hey dude like just so they know like if we don't get going soon like you know we're gonna be stuck here for hours like we're not gonna be able to get out so. Uh, I got to watch a few of the races and then um, straight to, like, just ripping that thing apart, washing it real quick. Um, Biggest thing is I got to swap swap over plastic suspension, stuff like that. Nothing too crazy, but um, it was pretty much, like, I got to doing that right before the races started and then finished right after I watched, like, the first two races.
0: Nice. So uh, did this experience make you reconsider this whole firefighter career and think you want to be a mechanic now, or...? Nah, just a, taste, just a taste and glimpse into it. it it's, uh,
1: you know, I, I, I more or less did it. Cause like Josh is like, my, Josh is my best friend. And like, dude, I, I who's going to turn down an experience, especially, you know, motocross the nations being on my bucket list. Like I had to do it and, and, uh, you know, it's fun, but you know, honestly, I, I still can't like let go of like wanting to ride, like being out there. Like I wanted to ride so bad, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't sit here all day and just, just work on bikes. I want to go ride them too. So yeah. I like, I like my, uh current position, getting to test still, and doing yeah. all the traveling. I guess uh, this is where I'm happiest for sure.
0: Yeah, so uh, you were in France. We, were, we did the 250 shootout. Um, thank goodness you're available for our 450 shootout in, uh, sometime in November because uh, I'll have a little, couple screws in my hand on the sidelines. But, hey, dude, thanks for coming in and telling us the stories. And I uh, hope you guys listening uh, enjoyed hearing some behind the scenes with Team Guam. So thanks for having me. All right, thanks for listening.